You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. You want to save your life? Lose it. But not just lose it. Not just be some crazy, I'm going to lose my life. No, lose it for me. For me, he said. For Jesus. You want to save your life? Lose it for Jesus. Did you hear these words? For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses it for me, his life for me, will find it. And then he tells you exactly what he's talking about. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? The pleasures and desires of this world are appealing and tempting, yet the joy and satisfaction they offer is fleeting and ultimately unfulfilling. Today, Pastor Danny will explain that true abundant life is found only in Jesus. You'll never be fully satisfied in anything or anyone else but Him. So the life you have here isn't worth clinging to or saving if you have to forfeit the abundant life that Jesus gives. The most truly satisfied people in life are those who wholeheartedly give their lives to Jesus. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Matthew chapter 16 as he continues his message, How to Save Your Own Life. You know what the American dream is? You know, you can look it up. You know, we, they have cataloged it, what the American dream is. But guess what? You don't have to look it up because I did. I'm going to tell you what it is. Here it is right here. They've got it. Defined. Here it is. A set of ideals in which freedom includes the opportunity for prosperity and success, as well as upward social mobility for the family and children. Here's what happens. We say, I don't want my kids to suffer like I did. I want them to have a better job than I did. I want them to have a nicer house than I had. I want them to have more money than I have. Stop and think about that. That is not Christianity. The best thing for your kids may not be the money you're going to leave them. It may ruin them. You say, good, I didn't want to leave it to them anyway. Okay, then I just helped you out. But do you understand? Look, I'm, I'm preaching to me just like I'm preaching to you. Listen, the American dream, you can't find it in the pages of this book. It's not there. It's the opposite. We want our kids to have it better than we had, live life easier than we did. Why? Don't you, you want the will of God for your children? Oh, God, may you fulfill your will in them, and even though it may hurt them and may hurt me. Imagine being Mother Mary. God told her early on, there Jesus is just an infant there in Jerusalem. And the prophet comes and speaks and says, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many. 
He will be a stone that causes people to stumble. He'll be an offense to some. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. Can you imagine Mother Mary? She stood at the foot of that cross and watched those Roman soldiers put her own child on the cross. That was God's will for him. And it was brutal for her. Absolutely brutal. But it was God's will. It's a challenge. It's a challenge because you love them. You love them, but somewhere by faith, by faith, we got to say, oh God, may your will be done in their life. No matter what it costs, may your will be done. Now, if you get that, here's the third thing we learned from the passage. You don't let anybody deter you from God's will. And you better know, it could be the people that love you the most. It could be people that love Jesus. They're part of the church. And when you begin to share the way you're being led in life and what you feel God wants you to do, and they all of a sudden go, what? You're going to do what? You're going to sell the business? I thought the business was booming. Well, how are you going to sell it now? You really think that's God? Wait a minute. After you sell the business, you're going to give the money away? What? To the poor? Really? You really think that's God's will? Rich young ruler came to Jesus. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. He said, well, I've kept those. Good, moral, upstanding guy. Well, there's one more thing you lack. Sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Come follow me, and you will have great riches in heaven. And he went away very sad. Why was he sad? Because he wanted what Jesus offered, but he wasn't willing to give up what money could buy for things that money can't buy. And he missed on the will of God. Don't you let anybody deter you. If you know it's God and they think you're out of your mind, then be out of your mind for Jesus. Don't you let anybody talk you out of it. If you know it's God, you take that step. No matter how crazy it may seem, you do it. There's a lot of good reasons for doing it. You know one of the best ones? You know one of the best ones? It's right in the text. You want me to tell you, don't you? Okay? Because the most satisfied people in life are people that are sold out for Jesus. <laughs> I told you before, and here it goes again. I, they ask me every week, do you have a title for your message? They ask me on Thursday. I'm like, don't ever ask me again on Thursday. I'm not that far along. I've just started studying. i got to work this thing out, you know, and sometimes it's a lot more work than others. And you just got to spend hours sometimes going, what what is it here? And what do you want me to share? And what does it look like on paper? And how do I communicate it? It's a lot of work, I'm telling you. So Thursday, they asked me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't have a... And finally, Friday afternoon, my wife, my wife, I'm in the house doing my normal thing, you know, trying to pull it together. And she goes, did you send Erica the title of your message? I'm like, oh, man. And I have to go again and look. And I go, I got to come up with a title. God can't anoint it if I don't have a title. And so here's the title. If you want the title, here it is. How to save your own life. 
how to save your own life. And Jesus tells us, you want to save your life? Lose it. But not just lose it. Not just be some crazy, I'm going to lose my life. No, lose it for me. For me, he said, for Jesus. You want to save your life? Lose it for Jesus. Did you hear these words? For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses it for me, his life for me, will find it. And then he tells you exactly what he's talking about. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? I want you to understand what he's talking about there. He's not talking about just hell. He's not talking about just eternal damnation. He's talking about life. Your soul. I can't explain it. Who understands it completely? But the soul, that's who you really are in your depth. That's who you are. John chapter 1 tells us in Jesus was life, life. And that life was the light of men. You want to know what life is all about? You find it in Jesus. And you'll never find it anywhere else. You'll never be satisfied. You can enjoy things, but it'll end. You can have pleasure, but it won't last. You got to keep doing it over and over again. People giving over to lust, they're never satisfied. They got to have more, more, more. But there's something about Jesus. When you become really sold out with Jesus, then you begin to discover and experience in your soul, deep down, you find life that you've always been looking for. Never knew that that's where it is. And it makes no sense until you do it. And all of a sudden you realize what he's saying is absolutely true. If I lose my life and get sold out for him, that's when I really begin to find life. Most satisfied people in life are people sold out for Jesus. Doesn't mean you enjoy every part of the path. Jesus didn't enjoy the cross. He scorned the shame. But let me tell you what, when you, when you suffer in the will of God and you come out the other side, you go, I am so glad. I'm so glad I made the sacrifice. I'm so glad I didn't give in. I'm so glad I went through with it because it's been worth it all. There are no regrets when you look back and you've suffered in the will of God and you find out by selling out to Jesus that that's where life is. You don't find it anywhere else. I put in my notes... The message is very simple but very profound. Life is found in Jesus and only in Jesus. And whatever cost one may incur in following Jesus, it's well worth it because he's the answer to every longing of the souls of men. The soul can only be satisfied through him and by him. This is a great point. So let me give you a couple more great scriptures. I mean, this is a great book here. Colossians, listen, Colossians, Colossians chapter 2. Listen to this. Oh, man. Colossians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul says, I want you to know how much I'm struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. And knowledge. And then you look at verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you have been given fullness in Christ. The idea is of satisfaction. The idea is of, oh man, you're satisfied. Oh, that one wasn't good enough for you, huh? Okay, Isaiah. 
Isaiah chapter 55, listen to this one. Hey, those whose bank accounts are really low, this one's for you. Chapter 55, verse 1. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, you who have no money. Come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? And your labor on what does not satisfy. He's talking about all the things the world has to offer. Listen, listen to me. And eat what is good. And here it is. And your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. Wow. Most satisfied people in the world. Or people that are sold out for Jesus. Now for the rest of this, listen. The rest of it, I don't want you to miss it. So you better sit down. Okay, good. This next point. Oh, you don't want to miss this. If you're suffering in light of resurrection, don't deter others from suffering. Don't let anybody deter you because the most satisfied people in the world are people sold out for Jesus. God's not some killjoy. God's the author of life and the things in this life that he wants us to enjoy. First Timothy, Paul wrote, and he said, God has freely given us all things to enjoy, to enjoy. But in those glimpses of glory, whether it be a spiritual experience or just a good thing God gives you in life, enjoy the glimpses, but don't dwell there. You don't want to miss this. Peter, James, and John go up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus. They see him in all of his glory. They get a taste of glory. And when Peter gets that taste of glory, you know what he says? You know what he says to Jesus? Hey, if it's okay with you, we'll just, we'll just live here. Let me tell you how practical that is to listen to and, and heed what he's saying. To not live there. In other words, Peter, <laughs> you missed it again. Shut up, Peter. This is my son. Listen to him. You got a glimpse of glory, but there, there's a valley of need. You're not done here yet. Here's what can happen. And for some of us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship, we're at that age now. We've been working, 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 saving, saving, saving. And you got your, you got your retirement thing, and you're looking forward now to spending the rest of your life. Here's what, you, here's what you're going to do. Do what you want to do. You had that vacation. You had that experience. You're looking at the house. Maybe you even put in an offer on it. Maybe you already own the other house. And, and you're going to spend your time now in the Smoky Mountains or down in the Keys or on the golf course, God help you, or somewhere, you know, because that's your glory, man. That's your glory spot. And, and you're like, that's what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And we're just going to experience that glorious moment. And that's what we want to do. Be careful. Be careful, be careful. Nothing wrong with enjoying the glorious things that God grants us. As long as we don't allow them to pull us away from the will of God. Now, last few moments, please, you've got to listen to the last few minutes. And here's how I've chosen the end. It's called the geocentric model. And for hundreds of years, this is what man believed about the universe. Man believed that the earth was the center of the universe. And all the planets and everything revolved around the earth. Until in somewhere around 1500, um, this fellow came along named Nicholas Copernicus. He was a Polish astronomer. 
And mathematically, as an astronomer, he figured out that the geocentric model, which just means the earth is at the center, he he figured out it's not correct. And he set things right for us. And he presented and made a model of what's now called the heliocentric model. And this is the truth. And the truth is the earth is not the center, but the sun is the center. And everything revolves around the sun. And you think God did that by accident? No, 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 no. There's a message there. Everything revolves around the sun. He's the sole center. And my last encouragement is this. Make Jesus the sole center of your life. It's a daily thing. Daily challenge. Peter would hear that stinging rebuke. He'd hear the words. And yet, in a few hours, he'd be denying that he even knew Jesus Christ. It's a daily challenge. Let me tell you what. I I was challenged by this message. You think you're getting it. I got it for hours before you ever get it. What does that mean? Well, it means a lot. And and we can't... We can't be exhaustive here. But if Jesus is the sole center of my life, I'm giving more than I'm receiving. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. And my soul, if my soul is flourishing in Christ, and I'm really experiencing life that is really life, Paul said in 1 Timothy, uh, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. They ought to be generous and willing to share so that they'll lay a firm foundation for the coming age, for the coming world, and so that they'll take hold of life that's truly life. Listen, the more God gives you, the more giver you ought to be. It ought to be relational. Relational to I have this much and I give based on. And so if you're a generous giver, you know, if you've got a lot of money, some of these people that give lots of money, but they have so much more left, And Jesus proved with the widow that gave her last mite that those that came in and put large amounts, well, they still had large amounts left. So that's not generosity. That's not generosity. That's actually selfishness. So if I'm making Jesus the sole center of my life, I I learn to give more than receive. And I become generous in my giving. I serve rather than be served. And let me tell you something, I like being served. (laughs) Who doesn't? I like being served. But Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. And boy, did he prove that. You, as you're reading through the gospel accounts, you'll see this guy, he's not in it for himself. He's in it for others. He came to serve, not to be served. If Jesus is the sole center of your life, you understand there's a mission he has given us. We are on a mission here. And the mission is to be his witnesses. When's the last time you look for an opportunity to share Christ with somebody. Not because you have to, but because you get to. (laughs) Come on. 2 Corinthians 5, he says, we're his ambassadors. His ambassadors. His ambassadors. Now, depending on where you are in life, some of these may hit you more than others. And the one that really hit me in in terms of really thinking about more and examining my own life more is this last one. If, if Jesus is the sole center of my life, I learn to sacrifice over self-indulgence. Most blistering message recorded by Jesus in Matthew chapter 23. He said to the Pharisees and teachers of the law, the religious leaders, you guys look good on the outside, but on the inside you're full of greed and self 
indulgence. Self-indulgence is a sin. We don't look at it as a sin sometimes. We don't, we don't tout it as a sin a lot of times, but it's a sin. It's a sin. And I was convicted, and I said, Lord, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that. Jesus said, watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and one of them is self-indulgence. What is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's characterized by doing or tending to do what one wants, especially when it involves pleasure or idleness. Idleness. What he means, what he mean by that is your free time. Your free time. So in my free time, in my free time, what do I do? And if what I do in my free time is always what I want to do, I'm a self-indulgent person. That's convicting. So you find what you love, and if your thing is golf, and every time you've got some free time, you can't do anything with the church, and you can't do anything else because you're going to be on the golf course. You got the free time, you got the extra house, and so you're going to always be at the extra house because that's where the glory is. That's where the glimpses of the glory are. You know? And so self-indulgence is, is, is doing what I want to do with my free time. Man, I was so convicted that I do not want to be like this, and I know you don't want to be like this either. I went and visited an old friend. I tried to see him last week. He wasn't there, uh, or the week before he wasn't there, and I went back. He runs a ministry in town called the Haven of Rest, Rescue Mission. And I went and I saw my friend. Lionel was saved through our ministry quite a few years ago during the warehouse days. I used to hang out with Lionel and try to help disciple him. He went kind of a little bit this way, and then he came back center, and I was so proud of him. For 31 years, he reminded me, I didn't know it had been that long, for 31 years he's been heading up the Haven of Rest, Rescue Mission. And I went, I went because I want our church, I want our church to have open doors of opportunity to go and minister to the lowest of the low. I want us to have opportunity to go and minister to the people that Jesus would certainly minister to. And I went, but I went and talked to Lionel, not only because I want opportunities as a pastor for our church fellowship, I went for me. I went for me. And I already knew what the answer was, but I said, Lionel, what do you need? And I knew one of the first things, you need money. I need money. What else do you need? Volunteers. And I knew one of the things he'd need, a volunteer. He said, he said if you got people at the church there and they feel like a call to, to preach or whatever, you know, and they can come and seven days a week, seven days a week, for 30 minutes or less, they can give a message, an evangelistic message, seven days. And if you want to come and share, and you got people that want to come and share, they can come, and he'll put you on the calendar. And the first one, listen, I'm getting in before you. I said, I'll come. And I don't want to come just to preach. I want to come hang out with those people. I want to go hang out with them. Because I don't want in my free time just to go fishing. Because I will set the record straight again. I don't like fishing. But I love catching. But I don't want to just go catching. And again, whatever your thing is, your free time, you want to be on the golf course, you want to be in the mountains, you want to be somewhere else. And I understand that. And those things aren't wrong in and of themselves unless we become self-indulgent. And I don't want to be that way, and I know you don't want to be that way. 
Thanks for joining Pastor Danny today to study the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament. These books are the story of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the Savior of the world. He came to save each person from sin. He offered himself as a sacrifice, taking the punishment your sins deserve. Today, you can have a new life because of Jesus. Are you ready to make that decision and give him your sins and accept his grace? If so, we're so happy for you, and we'd love to talk to you more about it. Please let us know by emailing us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We also want to encourage you to find a church home. Right now, we know that that's difficult, but we'd like to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship for our online services. At ccfstpete.church, we live stream every Saturday at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 9 and 11, and on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Join Pastor Danny to learn more from the Bible and to spend time with us worshiping our Savior. You can also explore more teachings from this series and others at our website. One more time, that's ccfstpete.church. That's all the time we have for today. Know that we're praying for you. And we hope you'll join us again next time to continue studying the Gospels right here on The Living Word.